You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello and welcome to this week 8 episode of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows. Joining me, as always, is Marcus Henson. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. That is a stunning t-shirt. Shame you guys at home can't see this. Adri's rocking the superhero t-shirt right now, looking pretty super himself. Oh, thank you very much, Concer. Yep, this is my Avengers, well, slash Marvel PJs. <laughs> the pyjamas are rocked out already. The pyjamas are rocked out. They're nice casual clothes for recording. So, you know, I thought, why not? So now everyone knows that you're now recording in your jammies. Absolutely. And hopefully it's a great mental picture for everyone. But, you know, that's enough about us. Joining us after this short break is the winner of your fan vote for the play of the season so far. How does an athlete reach the pinnacle of the LFL? Performance training. Focus. Yet ever active. In their community. Film study. Practice. In superb condition. Leading a healthy lifestyle. I'm an LFL athlete. Are you? Joining us on the show now is the winner of your vote for play of the season so far. And that is wide receiver for the Dallas Desire, Courtney Beast Mode White. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me again. Uh, You're most welcome. Congratulations on, on winning the vote, firstly. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was a hell of a beast mode run against LA, and I know we talked about it briefly before, but would you like to say anything to the fans that voted for you to win the play of the season so far? Oh, of course. I mean, I couldn't have won it without them. And I'm so surprised that the support and everyone who got on there and shared it and voted and just kept putting it out there for me to win. So um, I can't thank y'all enough. Yeah, absolutely. you got some great fans there. And on the back of this, I mean, we mentioned it a couple of times. We've kind of given you the nickname Beast Mode there because of the, the amount of hits you were able to take and just keep on running. Is that something you practice at all? No, I, it's definitely not. I think it's just um, a mindset of getting where you need to go without hesitation and just going for it. I mean, I can't really practice taking those hits and, and, and going on. I think you just have to, to want it bad enough. Well, we can't practice that for long, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, thinking of practice, that does bring us nicely on to both of your coaches who have experience at the highest level of the sport in the NFL. How do they use that knowledge to coach you as an individual and also the team? Yeah, I think... You know, they're so experienced and seasoned, all of them. Every single one of our coaching staff knows the game in and out. And it comes down to how professional they are and how they prepare us in such a professional way and treat us on and off the field. Everything has a strategy. Everything is done with a purpose, and every minute we're out there, whether they're talking to me or talking to the team, is about the game. It's strictly a business plan and a game plan and just how they're so respectful and want us to be football players. We're not just girls playing powder puffs. They treat us like professional athletes, and that just really settles so well with our whole team and I think you're you're starting to see that come across in each game that we play. Absolutely and and of course with each game that I mean comes with that growing a bit more as a team and we've seen that development. I mean how do they prepare for you for, for the next challenge? They just I mean, knowing that I'm not the biggest running back and the biggest wide receiver, there's preparing me for to come in at the right time. 
we have, you know, Victoria Thomas and um, our bigger running back that come in to do damage. And so they prepare me to come in at the at the right moment to do my shiftiness and, and get that first down. So, again, it's a game plan. I don't need to be in there at every play. Um, I'm in there for a job. And so whether I'm in there for one play or the whole game, it's all designed. And, you know, I just want to make sure that I do my job. And had you seen much footage of Melvin Bullitt at all when he played for the Colts before you joined the Dallas? desire i had heard of him and um had seen a little bit so it was a little bit of a shock to go oh wow you know this that's going to be my coach and but not being from the dallas area you know i didn't have much um knowledge of the bullet but you know hearing how he talks and his brother and even the bullet's dad they are such incredible people and family that i can totally see his plays and how he played is how he directs back on us and how he wants us to play. And, and it's truly a, a great thing and great people we have behind us. Now, to finish off the interview, I want to come back to something, unfortunately, we didn't get much time to talk about before, and that is your Live Tough program. Wondered if you could advise ourselves and our listeners a little bit more about that, please. Yeah, of course. Again, Live Tough is a motto and a way of life that my mom created and has pushed myself and others around her to live. It's not about winning or losing. It's more about a journey. We all need a story to tell. And if we don't get up and try and and do things that we want to do, we're just living off someone else's experiences. So we try to show women how to get up and live life, learn to ride a motorcycle, step on a fitness bodybuilding stage, no matter your age, your size, or or go try out for the LFL. We also video everything we do and in hopes that women will watch it and and go, I can do that too. So um, it's just about encouraging women to to get going and and live tough and, and make their own journey so it's, it's a motto it's a way of life and we just hope we can rub off on some women who are down and don't know where to go and just to get up and keep going and speaking about keep going i mean if anyone wanted to find out any more information about this where could they go is there a website social media yeah of course we have a website it's www.livetough.com and it's l-i-v-e T-U-F-F. And from there, we're on all of our social medias. I'm sure you'll find some Rottweilers and uh, some other great pictures <laughs> of Danica Brace on there. Um, that's the one. <laughs> but yeah, and our YouTube channel is under Live Tough Girls, and you can check out our adventures on there as well. Excellent. Well, on behalf of myself, Marcus, and all of our listeners, thank you for joining us again, Courtney, and good luck for your next game against Seattle. Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. The world's fastest-growing sport arrives to YouTube. Legends Football League. Break their confidence. Keep breaking their confidence. They've got nothing. They want to brawl. They don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. Subscribe to this channel and gain access in the locker rooms, inside the huddle. Every other time they run to the outside, they fucking getting it. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just make everyone happy. Give 100%. And full-length games in high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL Action. This is Lauren Ziegler with the Atlanta Steam, and you're listening to the LFL Talk with Adrian Marcus. LFL Mobile, giving you access to the gridiron goddesses of the LFL with exclusive photos, videos, live game reporting, and fan promotions. LFL Mobile, download on your Android or iPhone. 
Okay, it's now the part of the show where we look ahead at this week's game. Time for a matchup. Adris, what's your thoughts on Omaha at Atlanta? Well, I think first and foremost for me, Omaha have to be physical. If they're going to try and shut down the likes of Ziggler and Dakota Hughes, they need to be physical at the point of attack. They need to be bursting through that line. They need to be getting as much pressure on Dakota as possible. And I think try and force her to use her other receivers. If you can lock down Ziggler, make those other receivers do the work because we know what Ziggler's capable of. So let's try and see what the rest of that offense can do. On offense, they need to control the time of possession. Keep that Atlanta offense off the field for as long as possible. Establish a run game, all the usual things to take the pressure off of Lindsay Howell. Yeah, I mean, my, my key to the, the game really comes down to with Omaha, it's used, like you said, being physical, being able to match up against that Atlanta team, making sure that, like you say, they don't become one uh, one dimensional. They don't just focus on a run game. I mean, try and get how actually involved in the passing game. I'd say that really would be the key for me. Atlanta, right, it's your first game of the season. You've just got to find your rhythm. That's the main key. Find your sort of pattern of football that you can actually just sort of work with Dakota in the passing game or establish the run game, make that strong. Indeed, defense you know you really have to like i said make omaha one-dimensional make it so that way they're playing your chess game rather than the other way around but to help us look ahead at this game we welcome onto the show center and middle linebacker for the atlanta steam dina wajowski welcome to the show What's up? How y'all doing? Oh, we're doing well, thank you. As it's your first time on the show, how about giving the listeners a little bit about how and why you got into the LFL? So. I grew up outside of Pittsburgh, raised which is my father and brother. I've always have been a much bigger girl, so my dad threw me into all very aggressive, full-contact sports, including football and wrestling, because he was both the coaches for those. So I used to play on the old 11-on-11 leagues in Miami when I moved down there. When I moved to Tampa, because I started with the Bleeds, was in a gym, and a, my former coach, Joe Marcy, came up to me in the gym and said, hey, I need big girls that are attractive, and I'm not sure if I could take that as a backhand compliment, but I went with it, and fast forward four more years, and here we are today. Now, you've been with three separate teams in the LFL, albeit the transition between Tampa and Jacksonville, um, and now Atlanta. How have all yeah. of those experiences differed from each other? You know, with every coaching staff, it becomes, it's very different from the style, from the level of involvement. Dane runs a very tight ship, a very organized team in regards to preparation, breaking down film, making sure that we're working on the fundamentals of football because as women, you know, we don't have that growing capability. There's no junior league for us to go from or high school level to go from to college to come and play professional football. So sometimes the techniques and some of the things from tackling as well as blocking and just very basic football 101 needs to be explained and, and gone in depth. So each team and each coach has offered something a little bit different. Now it was very unique because we moved from Jacksonville and, and we split. You know, some of us went to Seattle and some of us ended up in Atlanta. And here we are to this day, going to hopefully play each other at some point in the end of the season. Now, after a disappointing end to last season, how did the team sort of come back together in the offseason to, to get ready for this year? I think the one thing that we looked at when you reflect back on something that was that much of a disappointment or a letdown in both yourself as well as the team as a whole is, you know, where were those pain points of why we weren't gelling? And I think a lot of it kind of stemmed from the fact that we were fragmented. It showed on the field, the fact that some of us were from an old regime of the Atlanta team. Some of us came in with our goon squad mentality from Jacksonville. And unfortunately, those things all didn't mesh together. And I think that it was very glaring when you looked at the performance of the last year of each conference championship. I myself with it and came back because never in my life have I actually been on the receiving end of an asshole been that bad. So I couldn't really end a career based off of that 
right back in. Now, coming on to this season, and Atlanta has had to wait eight weeks to see its first action. Has that extra time helped the team prepare at all? And it's unique because never in any of my prior seasons have I gotten an opportunity to see everyone play before we played. So this is kind of a unique situation we're walking into perhaps feeling a little bit better prepared. At this point, from an execution standpoint, we can't know the football from a play perspective any better. Now, it's really just kind of taking that and creating, again, that, that chemistry and that bond from a more family perspective, because that's really what we were missing before. I mean, you can have a, a play call, you know, you can have this scheme set up, you can have a defense that's ready. Unfortunately, if the parts aren't playing as a whole, you're never going to get the end result that you're looking for. So I can say that even though we've been practicing since January and it feels like, holy crap, like when is it our time? It's finally here. We're well prepared. It's like a well-oiled machine to where you can just not even think about it anymore, which is how football should really be played. And speaking about being sort of like uh, well-prepared, and I mean, last season you ran riot over Omaha on, on all your meetings. I mean, what are you expecting from them this season? Well, this one's a little, little unique scenario because you've got a lot of unknowns. You know, these are, are a group of girls that we, you know, most of them are new to the LFL, so we really don't know. And then unfortunately for us, the LFL doesn't have the actual game footage between them and, and New England. So it is a little bit of a, okay, we're scouting, piecemealing together things that were clips that we're seeing off the internet and, and you know, videos that fans are posting that are at the game, those sort of scenarios, because we really don't have game footage to go on. Um, so the best thing you can do is, you know, prepare yourself from a, a team perspective where really you can accomplish out of it and then do our best to kind of what we've seen and then prepare for that. Pretty much, I, I don't really know any of these girls. You know, I, I do remember a couple of them from last year. In regards to what our, our game plan is, it's really to execute on just kind of a handful of things that we do really well. Uh, the one thing that we've wanted to do from last year is establish the run. I mean, I think everybody knows that we can kind of pass all over anybody. I mean, that's pretty much been established. You know, we've got a premier quarterback. We've got great receivers. We added Teresa Petrozolo to the, the roster this year. And now you've stacked the receiver spot. It's really now time for us to establish the run. Um, it's something that I take a lot of pride in because as the captain of the, the line, you know, there isn't much glory to that. When you're in the trenches on both sides of football, you really don't have much else to hang your hat on except for how well that run game goes. So I am expecting and have high expectations of both myself, Adrian and Charlene, to establish the run and then have Brittany show up because Quite frankly, once she gets three or four yards down the field, good luck trying to back her. Now, your first game of this season is at home. What can the Steam fans expect come game time? Um, it's awesome. This has actually been the best support. I think maybe other than Seattle's really, you know, the fan base that they have, I really would say that Atlanta is kind of right up there with them in regards to who shows up, their level of knowledge about the game, their level of involvement with doing the game. I, I, I think their expectations should be high. I mean, quite frankly, we have high expectations of ourselves. We've taken a, a and throughout this year of not talking about it, but being about it. So I don't really have to say anything before. I'm not hashtagging anything. I'm not on social media running my mouth. But frankly, when we show up on Friday night, our fans, you know, the points that we put up, the defensive stuff that we do, that will be enough to do the talking. And then our fan support after is amazing. You sit down and you're able to engage with people that are, you know, from all across, you know, walks of life in regards to age and gender. So I know a group of us went down and did a really cool kind of motorcycle rally. Like when you first got there, you think, oh my God, we have a relationship with Harley, but we actually have like a, a big, they organized a ride. So there's probably 50 guys that are just avid Harley riders, like serious bikers that are going to show up to the thing. 
Uh, we've got a group of little girls that came in from a, a cheerleading squad that we met. So again, you, you see this cross section of people that are all there to support you. So you want to show out. You want to put up your know, 50, 60, 70 points on the board because you want them to be entertained. Are you not entertained? Very, very gladiator, Marcus Aurelius, you know, so back to Rome nostalgia. Well, I tell you what, as, as a bit of a Steam fan myself, I am really looking forward to this game come Friday night now. Well, good, good. I mean, I really, you know, it, it did take a lot to change the, the complex of who we are. You know, myself, Adrian, you know, we've always been very loud, we're brash, we're obnoxious. I mean, that's, that's part of our MO. But it's taken a lot to scale that back, but you have to mature as a football player and understand you have to respect the game more than that. So the, the, the measure of the fighting and the measure of the, the shit-talking before the game I'm going to still do it on the field. You're still going to be entertained. You might not hear what I have to say, but you're going to see my mouth moving and my head going. But, you know, our goal is to keep an integrity to the game and to respect it so that people can take this sport in this league seriously. That's great. I like that respect. Well, the difficult questions are over. You'll be glad to hear. But we want to finish this interview with some sort of quick, yeah. fun questions, if you're ready. Bang, bang. Fire away. Which teammate do you spend the most time with? Do you have a game day ritual? And if so, what is it? You know, I'm not one for superstition. I'm kind of like an energy in the universe. I'm a bit of a hippie at heart. So, you know, positive vibes and positive energy is normally what I go with. I'm a, a very good dancer as well. So I normally do a little, little dance action before and entertainment girls in the locker room. Hey, if it works, it works. Now, right. what is your favorite sporting memory? That I participated in or just sporting in general? Could be something you did. Could be something you saw on TV. Big, something that stuck with you. I mean, if I had to take it personally, like if I, just an example, our LFL fantasy game in Guatemala was amazing. I mean, I probably rode that high of being and being able to combine that Atlanta Chicago into the Shylanta team for a solid like three or four weeks when we came back. That from a personal perspective is, is one of my favorite memories just because of the, the bond that we, you know, we'll go in there. This is like your, this is your dead enemy. And then they, they made us room together. All of a sudden, you know, you thought you were going to be on vacation and, and do work and putting in football work with your best friend. And now i got a stranger that I don't even like as my roommate. And in the end, it worked out so well that I just, you know, passed off to both Bane and Hacks for making us do it. But that personally for me is some of the coolest experience I ever had. Uh, Football-wise, though, or sporting-wise, I would probably say, oh, gosh, Whitney Houston's national anthem during Desert Storm at the Super Bowl was socked off. Nothing. Boom. Done. Um, but then if you list any of my Pittsburgh Steelers six Super Bowl wins, I'll go with that too. Yeah, good Josh. You've got some great Steelers moments in the Super Bowl. I can think of uh, the most recent one, obviously, oh, yeah. being winning it um, with a catch in the sort of last minutes of the game against Arizona. That must be a big one. Yeah, James Harrison. I mean, get it for the big boys. Come on. <laughs> now, when it comes to football, you've been described as someone who has a, a switch that flips when you hit the field. Have there been any other situations or are there any other situations that make you flip that switch and turn nasty? That was my asshole nature has been a struggle my whole life to contain. I mean, I was the girl who liked to fight in high school. I was kind of like the, the oh, kind of the muscle. Like in the mafia, I was just like the big muscle people brought in that they're like, oh, you know, protect my cousin and my friend. And as I matured in business, and as I got longer in the tooth of my age, and you have to learn when to flip it and when to contain it. So football for me is my expression of that. And it is still something that I can struggle with. But as a woman, it's also very unusual for women to be that aggressive. 
Um, I blame that one on all the testosterone in my house for the greater part of the years of my life growing up. But it's one of those scenarios where it is a, it is a struggle because in business, even in, I, I mean, I'm an executive in an IT company, and there are times where I'm just like, man, I just form tackle that that dude right now. I can't. So it is, it's, it's a good outlet and the creative expression of it, as long as it stays. This is kind of one thing that I've learned over the last couple of years. It, it really does have to stay within, you know, the sidelines and or for us within the walls of a, of a field. And you can't really let it drag on outside of it. Because really, I'm all about positivity in life. And things like that and being that crazy and that psychotic and that it's just an, it eventually just negative energy that I just don't want to be with so I'm able to just kind of compartmentalize and separate it out but give me about 20 years ago when I was going to college ooh, <laughs> and you give it Friday night good day deal ah right fair play how about this if you could have any job for just one day what would you do any job alright this is going to sound so lame <laughs> but it's my it's my goal so my retirement plan is in four years, four to six years out of what I'm doing currently. So stack the money and get out. But my one job for one day, the perfect job, would be just to rescue animals. If I can make an impression and change that one day, that it would trickle down to affect how somebody else thought about something that was innocent, that they can make a step toward fixing or helping, that would be it. I would just, I mean, I am a sucker of state branches so I have to be my patron saint because animals that are injured and animals that need help find me. Yes, I have a foster dog right now. If anybody's looking for a little pit bull boxer mix, I'm your girl. I got one. She's house broken. She's ready to go home and go in the U.S. Let me know. If you score a touchdown on Friday night, how can we expect you to celebrate? <laughs> okay, so this has been a long time coming. And a lot of people are very questionable about my hands, which whatever I understand. I don't have a great example and good litany of examples to go off of. But I feel like I've put it out in the universe again enough that at some point this is going to happen. It's not just going to be an extra point or an oh shit scramble and toss it to Dina. I hope she catches it first scenario. So if this does go down, I can't tell you that I have a like a pretty choreographed dance but i can tell you that it will be probably excessive and it would probably or or potentially just be ridiculously girly because my smile will be so big and i'll just be like kind of like that more than actually doing something that looks cool it's probably a better chance for happening but oh no the shit will pop off if i score if i score any time i don't even give it an extra point i'm elated if i get to touch the ball that's not me snapping i'm elated <laughs> just completely lost in the moment oh it's gonna be organic It'll be awesome, but it's going to be organic. All right. You heard it here first, guys. Well, unfortunately, because I was really enjoying this, but unfortunately, this is kind of the end of the uh, interview, really. But before we go, we always hand over the mic to our guest for 10 seconds to shout out. You can do whatever you want with these 10 seconds. You can thank friends and family. You could say a few words to the fans. You could talk a little trash if you fancied. Uh, it's all up to you. The money is now yours. Okay, don't send me with the trash shot because I already, I've already put I'm not going to do this. But shout out to all my teammates and all of our fans. We really look forward to seeing you on Friday night, 8 o'clock. Appreciate the patience. It's going to be well worth the wait. Come on, let's get And with that, Dina. Am I trying to get more? Oh, you can do more. If you've got more to say, you go. Okay, okay. I got some more to say. Uh, we're gonna shout out as we will shout out to my boo, Adrian Purnell. What's up, boo? What you doing? Come out to the game. Make sure you got your double whiskey on. Don't so deal with that means. Um, all right, that's it. I'm done. Done being a fool. <laughs> okay. And with that, Dina, I want to say a big thank you from myself, Adri, 
all of our listeners uh, for being on our show today. Yeah, no worries. I appreciate you having me. It's nice that you give some love to the big girls in the, the trenches. We don't get much glory, so it's nice to be, hey, give a little, little shine. I'll take it. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now at spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. As always, we finish the show now with our predictions for that Omaha and Atlanta game. And guess what? Guess who I'm coming to first, Marcus? Bobby Hugo. Unfortunately, we don't have him on the line at the moment, even though I would love to hear his thoughts on the game and see what kind of uh, analogies he can come up with that he comes out with some absolute corkers. Unfortunately, (laughs) I'm going to have to settle for you, Marcus. Ah, settle for little old me. All right, then. Well, like I said earlier, it is Atlanta's first game. However, we're we we've seen what they've got you know they've they've kept a, a good amount of the the core players from last year uh, omaha have improved but i don't think they've improved that much so for me it's definitely an atlanta win i'm going to put atlanta 35 omaha 12 okay so it's kind of close but it's not close in the same respect than if you've got 35 12 personally as much so i think omaha have improved this year atlanta don't like to take any prisoners and they will just keep going i don't see them making many substitutions when they do get ahead and i am going for atlanta to win 49 to 6 i'm sorry omaha fans going on the history of last year you know i'm, I'm giving you guys a score because i think you'll you'll get that because there'll be a time when atlanta whether it be due to their changes or they, they fall asleep you, you'll definitely get a score on them but at this point in time, I think they're just one step ahead of that Omaha franchise. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you can only go on really what we've seen. I mean, a good performance against uh, uh, New England, but uh, as we've seen the rest of the year, New England hasn't quite met its mark. So it could be said to fair, but I think this will start defining the, the Eastern Conference. Absolutely. Now, all that remains is for me to thank our guests, Courtney White and Dina Wojowski. Our producer, Mark Taylor from Spamhead Productions. My amazing co-host, Marcus Henson. Remember to stay up to date with all of the news from around the league by visiting www.lfl360.com. And if you want to catch up on any of our previous episodes or player interviews, go to www.lfltalk.com. Until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by. 